0: A few years back, there was a period in my life where I was working full-time. I was going to school to finish up a degree. I was still in the midst of having kids. Well, my wife was having kids. I was just part of that mix. And the weight of everything that was going on in my life just began to overwhelm me. I remember we literally were having a Christmas party at our house, and all of a sudden, I almost started having a panic attack, And I was like, I need to get out of here. So I put on my jacket, said to my wife, I'm going out for a walk, and walked out my door into the cold, crisp Wisconsin December air just to get some fresh air and just started walking. The pressure was too much. I could feel it in my chest, I could feel it on my shoulders, and it kind of felt like something had to give. For most of us, if not all of us, we've probably had seasons, periods in our lives of feeling overwhelmed, helpless. As we're saying today, those battles, trying to just fight those battles. And oftentimes it can feel like the weight of the world begins to bear down on our shoulders. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America... Around 40 million adults, that's about 18% of the adult population in the United States, is affected by anxiety disorders. That's around one in every five people is fighting that battle, dealing with some level of panic attacks, depression, or other types of anxiety. And today I'm here to tell you that we are not designed to carry the weight and that load ourselves. Yes, For some of us, we need to make an appointment and sit down with a professional. And there's no shame in that, there's no guilt in that. And I encourage you, if you're at that point, go and simply make the phone call, make the appointment. And for all of us, there has to be a willingness and an ability to look at our lives and say, why am I under this stress? Why am I carrying this weight? And saying, who is the one that's ultimately designed to carry the weight of the world? As we continue in our series in the book of Colossians, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1 today, starting at verse 15. If you want to follow along, pull out your phone. You probably have a Bible app on there. If you don't, download the version one. Because if you download the version one, you can go to events and all our notes are right in there. If you don't have a Bible and you don't like using digital ones, we'd love to gift you one at our welcome center today and you can take it with us, with you. Now as you open up to Colossians 1.15, before we read, I just want you to take a deep breath. (laughs) Maybe literally, physically, whatever. And think about the things that are weighing you down. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. I want you to literally name the pressures. You don't have to do it out loud. But is it work? Is it finances? Is it family? Is it addictions? Is it struggle? Is it health? What is it that's weighing you down today? What is that's creating anxiety in you today? And then to silently, simply, maybe with open hands or open heart, say to God, I want to transfer the weight of the world from my shoulders. To you. I was never designed to carry that weight. And as you're taking a moment to transfer that weight, you can either do it with eyes closed, eyes open, but I wanna read you the scripture that we're gonna be in for today, or at least the first part of it. Christ is the invisible image of the visible God, He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. What we just read was the Magna Carta, the I have a dream, the Gettysburg address of who Jesus is. In these few verses, Paul packs a lifetime of wisdom and truth about Jesus that if we're able to understand it, believe it, and internalize it, it can revolutionize our lives. A.W. Tozer stated that the most important thing in our life is what we believe about God. Because what we believe about who God is affects all of the different areas of our lives. Now, this section we just read can be considered by many an ancient hymn. It might have been sung or read as poetry, but it's truly simply about the supremacy of Christ in all things. And it begins saying that Jesus is supreme over all creation. Jesus is God in flesh. Jesus is not part of the created order. He is over it. He is God and has created everything. One of the many names for Jesus is the Word of God. And if you rewind to the first book of the Bible, Genesis, we read that God spoke everything into existence. We say ex nihilo, out of nothing, God spoke, and all that we know came into existence. God did not begin with building blocks of life. He began with nothing. And when he spoke, it came into existence. In science, all of modern science points back to a starting point of our cosmos, that we live in an expanding universe. So if you rewind the clock, you'll get to a point where there is a singular point, a beginning. And in that beginning, I believe that God simply spoke and everything we see and know came into existence. He is supreme over it all. Jesus is the beginning Jesus is the end and he is the supreme creator God. Now just rewind a moment and think about what you are struggling with. Think about what's going on in your life and begin to recognize the supremacy of Christ in everything. Think about this. As God spoke, planets, stars, solar systems galaxies came screaming out of his mouth he dug the oceans formed the mountains created life plants began to grow creatures creeping, crawling, running swimming, flying for the first time and then here God gathers up the dust of the ground and he creates man He creates woman and he breathes his own breath of life into them. Let me remind you that you weren't there when it happened. It wasn't dependent on you. But in the midst of all this creation and all that God is doing, he had you in mind. He already knew your name. He knew the moment of your birth. He knew your family, your country, even your personality. The thoughts that you were going to think, He knew them. And He loves you. He loves you just the way you are. When you crawled into bed last night, God was there watching in a non awkward way. When you got out of bed this morning, He was there watching. Preserving, sustaining your life. Jesus is the creator of it all, you and I included. And this is just the beginning. We have only been talking about more like the physical side of things, but also, Jesus is supreme over all physical and spiritual rulers. According to Colossians, Jesus is supreme. Over everything. Now, if you're into org charts and you want to figure out who's in charge and who is in command, I took a lot of time this week to make an org chart of where Jesus falls in his perspective to all other people, okay, and all other things. So let me just walk you through this. Jesus is supreme and everything and anything and all other things are beneath and below Jesus, including all rulers and powers and authorities. Everything was created for him and by him, and he is above it and over all it. Does it mean that every system of power in our world right now is good and God-ordained? No, it does not mean that. What it does mean is he is the only one that has never been elected, didn't need to inherit, never overthrew anybody, there's no one higher, no one greater, there's no president, prime minister, dictator, group of people who can ever remove Jesus from a supreme position of power. He's above all, and he will remain there forever. Often we can become so fixated on the little rulers around us the small people in political systems and we forget who's really in charge. Or we might look spiritually and think that there's this divine cosmic battle going on that who knows who's going to win in the end, good or evil. But here we read that Jesus is supreme and he has already won. A few weeks ago, I watched a documentary on Netflix about Billy Graham's life. And Billy Graham was probably the most prolific proclaimer of Jesus in the 20th century. And he had opportunities to preach to millions of people around the whole world. And at times, he got himself into some hot water as he went to politically charged areas and made a decision to proclaim Jesus even to the rulers in these hostile areas. Some people took issues with that. But again and again, Billy Graham rose above the political systems and said, No matter what other people say, if God gives me an opportunity to proclaim Jesus to the lowest person or the highest person, I will do it. On a spiritual plane, it states in Colossians, and we recognize already, Satan has been defeated. He is a loser, he has already lost. As one person said, we do not fight for victory, we fight from victory. That Jesus already has the victory. He is the supreme king physically and spiritually. So remember when you go to work and you feel like you have a good or bad boss. When you look at the country and you feel like we have a good or bad president. When you look at the world and you feel like it's in control or out of control. Or if you're just ambivalent to the whole thing. Just remember, Jesus is supreme. Just don't go to work tomorrow and go up to your boss and say, you're not my boss, Jesus is. Might not get you real far. We now arrive at verse 18. And Paul states, Jesus is the head of the church, which is his body. Jesus is supreme over the church. When Paul writes this, he is talking about the big C church. The church from all ages, all generations, all people who have said yes to Jesus at all times. He's not talking about little C local church, but it includes that. But he's talking about big C church, that Jesus is supreme over it all. A denomination is not head of the church. Staff is not head of the church, although we have great staff here. I am not head of the church. The leaders and people are not head of the church even though we have an incredibly generous and loving and giving people here. No, none of us are head of the church. Jesus is supreme over the church. And unfortunately, it's easy to make church about us and not about Jesus. And when the church becomes about you and I and not about him, we have decapitated Jesus as the head of the church. And any church that has an other head but Jesus is a Franken-church. And I don't want to be part of a Franken-church. All Frankenstein together with, decapitated from the head of Jesus. Jesus is supreme over the church. Jesus is also supreme over the resurrection that he is the first one to rise from the dead permanently. And it says that he is supreme over everyone who will rise from the dead in the future. So Jesus is supreme, past, present, future. In all time and space, there's nobody supreme except Jesus. We then read in verse 20, and through him, God reconciled everything to himself, and he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Friends, I believe Jesus is about bringing people together. That he's not about tearing people apart. And I believe that, my God, the Jesus of the Bible is a tearing down wall, breaking barriers God. God. And he's about tearing down walls and breaking barriers in the church. And I want to be a church that tears down walls and breaks barriers for the gospel of Jesus. Be it cultural, ethnic, socioeconomic, political, class, age, gender. We need to tear down walls because of the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. We need to proclaim that Jesus is supreme over it all. We then read it in Colossians 1, 21 to 23. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Jesus is supreme, as mentioned before, even over you. There's not one person in all of history who has earned their way, who has worked their way, who has manipulated their way into the kingdom of God. According to these verses, it says that all of us were enemies of God. In another passage, it says all of you are dead. We are all dead in our sins and Jesus is the one who came and intervened in our lives. We were separated, but Jesus through his death brought us back into relationship with him. And not only that, it says that we are now holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault. When he looks at you, he sees you faultless. He sees you perfect. Friends. Brothers, sisters, when will we stop seeing ourselves through the lens of others and start seeing ourselves through the lens of Jesus? That we are holy, perfected, without fault in his eyes because of his death. So I ask you, friends, do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is supreme? Do you believe that he is supreme over creation, over rulers, over the church, over the resurrection, over you and I. Because as Paul wraps up the section in verse 23, he says this about belief. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Oh, the drift from truth to lies. Just because at one point you believed in the supremacy of Jesus, Paul is saying here, it doesn't mean that you will always believe that Jesus is supreme. Just because you believe it this morning does not mean that you'll believe it this afternoon. And we need to daily come back and recognize the supremacy of Jesus in all things. Each day we make a choice of what we believe about ourselves, about others, about life, about God. And today you have an opportunity to either affirm or reaffirm your belief in the supremacy of Jesus. As I walked around on that cold, crisp Wisconsin night, I can still see where I was walking. I can still see the lights of the houses. God began to bring scripture back to my mind. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, 1 John 4, 18. And as I began to quote these scriptures and allow these scriptures to permeate my soul, that fear, that anxiety, that weight of the world began to lift. I wish I could tell you that that weight never comes back on again, but I struggle with that and I have to revisit that reality. On a daily basis, sometimes of the supremacy of Jesus in all things. I need to continue to believe that Jesus is supreme, but I know that when I make a conscious decision to believe in the supremacy of Jesus, it removes the whole weight of all that I carry in my life. So I'd encourage you this morning to make a decision. Maybe for the first time, you're saying, Jesus, I believe in you and your supremacy and I transfer the weight of the world from me to you because ultimately you are the one that's designed to carry it. Or maybe this is the 550th or 500th time that you're going back to God and saying, God, I've taken it on myself again and I just need to put the weight of all this back on you because I'm not designed to carry it. Either way, I would love to pray for you. I would love to encourage you. If you today are making a decision for the first time to say yes to Jesus I would love to give you a gift but I believe as we allow Jesus to rule supreme in our lives there's no question in my mind about the supremacy of Jesus in all the world in all the cosmos and all of life but the real question for me today is are we allowing him to be supreme in our own lives may we make a conscious decision to put him in that place in our own lives. Let's pray. God, you are supreme. Jesus, we are amazed that God, you could love us so much and that you are the designer, the creator, the maker of all things, and you are supreme over it all, over creation, over rulers and authorities, over the church, over the resurrection, over you and I. You are supreme. And God, I just recognize afresh and new that you are supreme and I allow you to be supreme in my life. May we transfer the weight of the world, the weight of our struggles, over to you and allow you to be the one who's the one that fights for us, the one that battles for us, and that we'll find ultimately victory in you. In Jesus' name, amen.